0: I can see your house from here.
1: How can you see my house? Through
0: binoculars.
1: Well, that's really creepy (laughs) and quite spooky, (laughs) Miriam.
0: No, it isn't, because look, I can only see your rooftop. I'm not looking through your windows. Well, I have been tempted, though. Oh, no. Well, I I can see your house where I when I'm doing my washing up through a binoculars <laughs> one of the funny things is though when I um, speak to you and you're out walking your dogs on the beach and you say oh I'm, I'm just down the beach I run for the binoculars and I go to the window to see if I can I focus on the beach and I think she's not on the beach she's lying she's in a cafe somewhere eating a sausage sandwich just which pretending. is really sad when you <laughs> <laughs> what you were at one time where did it all go wrong? You know what I still think I'm glorious and wonderful and I still call myself a journalist even though I'm not working as a journalist anymore and that was a that was a big leap and it must have been for you as well. Yeah I I still call myself a
1: journalist even I though I've you know I haven't been in front of a microphone apart from today um, for something like Probably, I'd say about ten
0: years. It's it's been a long time. But I think
1: we're like rock, you know. We crack us open, and we're there. We're journo's because I don't know about you. I still, if I'm going to the shops, or I'm doing anything, venturing out of my house, it takes me twice as long because I'm always gossiping and talking to people and thinking about stories.
0: Absolutely, and getting stuff out of them that nobody else can, and and that is something that we've learned over so many years. Well, when I first met you, it was at the BBC, and you were working at the BBC, how old were we then? Well, I think, I'm trying to remember now, I, so, I think I would have been about 30.
1: Well, no, you were younger you were than that. were about, 40?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember myself as a very attractive, <laughs> no, <weren't>. live, 23-year-old. <laughs> I think we were in our early 20s.
1: No, uh, no. I came I'll tell you when it was I was working at Radio Nottingham and I came over I was on secondment and I was working and it was a Saturday it was a weekend which is always a you know it's those shifts nobody wants to do them and I just remember you being incredibly friendly and oh, nice really nice to me because usually good. people in our business they don't like strangers entering, entering
0: the town do they? They well, always I, see
1: it as a threat
0: Well, ha- hang on a minute there you were, gorgeous, blonde, oh, thank you. looking like Joanna Lumley. And I thought, you might as well go home now. <laughs> you might as well go home, Miriam, because seriously, uh, she's coming up behind you, snapping at your heels. But you did say nobody wanted to do the weekend shift. So we were just learning the ropes, yeah, weren't we? Yeah. So that was now... Oh, well, I'm 66. You're a year younger than me. I'm 65, yeah. So you've got your pension. I haven't... <sighs> But you'll get it soon. Oh, I hope yeah, so. that that bag of gold. I can't wait. And so, how many years is that now? I mean, if it was thirty, well, if you oh, were thirty, it was probably I'm... about 1987,
1: 88 That uh, I remember doing that. I just, I just is remember it? that. Yeah, and so, I, yeah, and it was, it was. They were, they were, they were great days, but they were tough days because we really, really had to. Work on our own in radio, didn't we? You went out on your own with your little tape machine and you got everything done.
0: And and being great a training. woman, yeah, yeah, oh, but yeah. being a woman up against all those men. And one of the things that I found, I wanted it desperately. I wanted it desperately because, like you, I left school at 16, yep. didn't go to university, only ever wanted to be a journalist, got an opportunity, and I worked my socks off. And that's that's and Maria Now you've got a dog. Barking. Yeah. <laughs> she's, someone might be at the door. Um, well, she's, you know, little Maria. I mean, she's my daughter and son-in-law's dog. But I think she's actually going to bark now forever.
1: We could let her in and she could sit yeah. on my lap. Maria! Yeah, that's the thing. I don't think she can open arms, Maria. <laughs> we'll soon find out. now, hold Maria!
0: Maria, come in here. Come on. Good girl.
1: Girl, now we can continue. I
0: think she just wants to take part, don't you? She's oh, now sitting you on my do. Lap. Let her up at the table. Mm-hmm. So yeah, desperately, desperately wanted it. Up against a lot of men who didn't take you seriously in the business, and fighting through that to be recognised and to learn your craft and to move up within the organisation. Yeah. yeah. So we had to be really quite tough and resilient, didn't we? I think we also had to learn to swear,
1: like a navi. <laughs> My mother would have been so shocked with some of the language, which to this day I can still use if need be. And I think too, um, I don't remember the, um, the, there was any problem with me not having a university degree in those days. I think nowadays it's a problem. yeah. But I remember it was almost a badge of honour that you'd, you had started yeah. on the factory floor and you yeah. worked your way up. And, but as you said, I mean, some of the stories about the, the sexism, I mean, it was off the scale, wasn't it?
0: Oh, oh. and we experienced that. And, um, you know, older bosses coming on to us and, yeah. and that sort of thing. That happened a lot. And the, the number of times I found yet younger female members of staff crying in the loo and not sure how to deal with it. You had to fight for everything. You had yeah. to fight not just the sexism, the misogyny, um, getting equal pay. I mean, we we really were, I think, at the forefront of change in broadcasting. Oh, absolutely. We had to fight for it. I,
1: I mean, I can remember um, some a boss saying to me that asking me why I wanted a pay rise because I I obviously would get married and. Settle mm, down and, yeah. and, and leave broadcasting.
0: He was quite serious. And, and it, the, the, that was the general attitude, and, wasn't it? and
1: once I had children,
0: going for interviews and being asked, well, what about the children? What are you going to do with them? I mean, Who's going to look after them? That kind of thing.
1: And, and like you because said... Because of I, the hours.
0: Because you have to work long hours and you have to work weekends and things like that. But it's
1: that. almost this assumption that we haven't thought about that. Mm. Like, oh, really? Mm. Really? Mm. I have to work till 11 o'clock at night? I think, too, we, we, we met in radio, um, but then we... Almost progressed to TV about the same time, didn't we? Our careers were. We did. I went to ITV and you.
0: I stayed stayed with the BBC.
1: BBC. And I think those days of of if you were attractive, Mm -hmm. you you therefore obviously didn't have a brain. Mm -hmm. Did you get a bit of that? I used to get that quite a lot.
0: I I didn't get it as much as you because I wasn't blonde. I had black hair.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) You were very
0: attractive to it was, <laughs> but it was the blondes i used to honestly and i'm, I'm a blonde journalist <laughs> in the newsroom a tall leggy blonde journalist like you in the newsroom um you i didn't i never thought you were a threat but you would probably get more of the attention than yeah. than i would but i do remember some tricky times dealing with some tricky men and yes. and yes. spending energy on trying to get out of a situation at work instead of putting the energy into the job how do I avoid this man how do I placate him you know how do I not get his back up because I um refuse a pass to have to juggle that and think about that because I knew and you probably did too um we all did that it could be career-ending. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
1: And there was, there was HR, but, I mean, they invariably were working on behalf of the management, weren't they? And oh, it yeah. never occurred to you, I think because we came from that real hack
0: background,
1: it never occurred to you to go to anybody outside I, to complain. I, like, I wouldn't dare do You just learnt to be a street fighter. Hey,
0: listen, I did it once. I went to my line manager and her deputy, two women, and I said that this particular executive uh, in the organization had come on to me and made it very difficult when I turned down his request for us to go out together I was married at the time he was married at the time I had no intention of going out and that's a euphemism for something else with this man and um, and you know what could I do about it and they both said to me if you try to do anything about it, he'll still have his job, but you won't have yours. Yeah. And yeah. we've said this to every woman who's come to us with a complaint against this man, that it could end your career. So you just didn't. So you had to find, manage ways of, or find ways to manage his behaviour, his behaviour. Yeah yeah definitely. so all those years have gone by yeah and I
1: think I think you know I don't know about you now I'm sort of a, of that age now and I, I'm I suppose I guess I, I've sort of retired I mean I don't want to but I think that's oh god yeah, I'm that's,
0: retired yeah, I hate I know, that word retired I'm resting it, I'm resting it has the word I'm tired I have a dressing room
1: in my house
0: and I rest but it has that word tired <laughs> I know within I, it. I like to think Freak. I'm like Gloria Swanson tired you know? <laughs> I'm not tired about anything I'm I am not tired about anything. I, I know that you're not either, but... Um I was so delighted, I must say, when I first saw you after 35 years. That's why you're stalking me. I'm stalking you with my binoculars. Because because now we live on the west coast of Wales. You live across the bay from yeah, me. Yeah,
1: I do, quite literally. Where I'm sitting now, I could actually see my house. And
0: I didn't... Yeah. And yeah, That's why the binoculars are on the table there, I know, so I can I keep a tell. good I'm eye on take you. Take them with me. Take them off you. <laughs> but uh, I remember... Um, I saw you on Twitter, as it was then, being pulled into a conga line <laughs> at a party. And I, and I said, oh, there she is. There's Luella. That was at
1: the caravan club. <laughs> it was at the caravan club party. <laughs> I don't have a caravan, but I quite like the local caravan club. Did
0: you gate crash? I did, actually. I did. <laughs>
1: yeah. I did. <laughs> you, you see, you haven't changed the all, and, and, and uh, uh, quite a few of my old viewers go in there. So yeah, but do, I they like say, do they say? Do they
0: say, "Where's Bob Warman? Where's Bob? Oh, Is he I, not yeah, yeah,
1: I, I, I used to get that an awful lot, but now I get more of a bewildered look because they see this middle-aged frump <laughs> standing oh, in front come of them. On. And they, they can't quite get their head round that <laughs> I'm <or> not <laughs> the Luella Bailey they once knew but you know hey
0: Well, do you happens you, to us all folks do you remember when um, we were having a coffee um, down in the village here <laughs> yeah. and um, a, a friend of mine came in Carlos came in and um, he I introduced you and I said uh, oh this is a Very old friend of mine, uh, Luella. We've caught up again after 38 years, whatever it is. And um, I said, we both worked in television. Luella presented on ITV, I presented on the BBC. And he looked at you, and he had this real quizzical expression on his face. And you said, I know what you're thinking, but I was once considered a bit of a babe. And and he said, no, he said, I would never have recognised you anyway because I come from Mexico City. (laughs)
1: Friendly, actually, because <laughs> I do get that. So you know that look. You know, as if to say, "What happened? <laughs> what happened?" And when they do that, I usually bring out the fact that I have run the London Marathon. I don't know, what, but just to prove that, actually, you know, I can be fit. And
0: have you have you run? The yes, London I have. Marathon. I'm oh so my god! I thought, I thought that I might bring
1: <laughs> the <opening>. fake breath. <laughs> my children said to me when they knew I was doing this, "Don't tell people you've run the London Marathon." But I have to. Listen, when you've gone from couch potato to running 26.2 miles. Oh, yeah, you what, know about it. Was it 26.5 it. miles? I should know. Uh, you, I'm going to go to my deathbed talking about it. <laughs> I've never run since,
0: but I did it. I tend to tell people that I can dance the Argentine tango or the Argentine tango, um, and I can't. It, but Yeah, uh, yeah I tends do. It to
1: bring the conversation to an abrupt
0: <laughs> Just like it has there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I lie, you know, what are you doing now? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm dancing the Argentine tango. Uh, really complicated, very tricky. Oh, my God, that's so impressive. I no. know. Because people don't know y- you're retired, that word again. So therefore, you're, what do you do with your time? Your well, days I, might be empty. Yeah, do you, I, I tell you what, I, I, most people say to me, um, because most women of our age, when they get to our age, they become carers, don't they? They either care for their grandchildren, yep. elderly relatives, or in this case, my daughter's dog. Um, so you, you're caring for for something. And uh, certainly I know a lot of my friends after the career that I had and traveling the world with the BBC and doing all of that. You've gone to this small place. You're not working anymore. How do you fill your days? You know, it's quite remote where we live. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't imagine how you can fill a day. I can't imagine sometimes how I can fill a day.
1: Well, all I know is that I sometimes, I have now got to the stage where I could spend a whole day just doing one job. Whereas years ago, I'd be juggling everything. Like yeah. you had children and, yeah. and a real heavy duty job. But now, oh, one job. I mean, you know. Picking out some bin liners could take me all day.
0: (laughs) You can stretch it out. Now, come on, that sounds sad. We're not going to sound sad. We're not going to sound sad. Here we are two older, very vibrant, exciting, intelligent. Funny women. It's one of the things I love about you actually, your wit and the fact that you can swear like a trooper. Oh, yes. And I do like that. Yes. Um, you might be watching your P's and Q's today. I hope you don't. And
1: I feel I've got a kindred spirit in you, really. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. You've yeah. heard me do
0: the fuck you and fuck you too. Oh,
1: absolutely. And the C next Tuesday. Oh, absolutely. Oh,
0: <laughs> Love it, love it. And I will never change. And, and so this is the point to switch off now. Um, but if you don't like people that use um, colourful language, oh. we don't always, only when it's necessary, do we use it. Not in the local t-shirt, no. But I do find that um, doing a podcast or deciding to do a podcast, someone overheard us talking, this is why we've decided to do a podcast, and said, you two should do a podcast. So... Um, I hope you'll stick with us because this is our first time.
1: You know, that I think the type of jobs that we did as we just said before that you you know I'll, I'll, I'll be put into the ground um, you know with a, with a notebook and wanting <laughs> to be nosy about something. But I think too that one of the hardest things to come to terms with sometimes it's not it's not that being noticed and, you know, we joke about it, but it's it's the feeling of being a bit invisible. Mm. Mm. The feeling that mm. actually, you know, nobody's really that interested. And I think that's why I was so thrilled. When you spotted me doing a conga,
0: <laughs> you know on if Twitter. you if you hadn't because I've got this mate, his yeah, mate, chum, you know who's who? who's been through the same thing. Who we I are love it. and we we got on so well, but I you mean, know there's only Natter where I live. Natter is that all they've got? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did when I first moved oh, there. I thought I love take that a look idea. At a few local things, <laughs> Natter and oh, and you can learn Welsh on a Saturday. <laughs>
0: I love the idea of knit and natter. I'm going to come with you to that. <laughs> Shall we go? I've got, definitely got to know. <laughs> I mean, I, go to that. I think
1: we'd get we'd thrown throw out. out. <laughs> get our ticket. I can knit. And of course, as you know, I can't natter. So, yeah. So, but I think it is that feeling, isn't it? Just being a bit invisible, a bit... Oh, God, I know? tell you
0: what. I, I was in Birmingham and I went into um, Selfridges and I wanted to buy a lipstick and the young, very attractive girl was looking over my shoulder at the younger, attractive girl behind me um, and serving her ahead of me and it was I was always going, "Hello, hello, I'm here um, and it does that does frustrate me because I think I'm still alive. I might be 66. But what's changed? Nothing has changed about me. No, and you're My marks, looks, yeah, make, my hair is white. I've got wrinkles. Like but I mean,
1: I remember going into Marks and Spencer, and I will mention them because I think they should know this. And to buy some new bras, as you know, you I'm um, of a certain age where you have to have a fitting, and I can remember, you know, you have to try on a few, and that's the worst thing about getting old, is it? When you're young, you just get one, you know, off the rail, and that's it, off you go. And one didn't fit me properly, and I just said, oh, excuse me, excuse me, you know, it doesn't fit, could you go and get me another bra? And and she said, oh, well, if it doesn't fit you, it doesn't fit you, it's not right, and walked off! And that was it. <laughs> and left you there. Left me there. And in I just knickers. thought, yeah, but but I like, but I think it was a bit like, well, you're a, you know, you're a, if that if, if you if you're not interested in just buying that one, why yeah. would you want to have another one? So, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you know, it's all changing because I read this week that the world's population is about we're on the brink of becoming older than we have ever been, and. Um, I'm just looking down on my pad here because I wrote the statistic down. By the year 2030, one in six people will be over the age of 60 years. So look out because it is changing. It's changing. What are we going to do with us? Well, we're going to have to confront a, a fundamental shift in human history, aren't we? Um, we are. But it me- I think it means that we will have more power, the over, over 60s, older women we'll have more power because there'll be more of us. We'll be forced to be reckoned with. So we can't be, you know, um, pushed off. Uh, I was going to say the jobs roundabout. But, oh, and that's my, um, is that my, what was that? That's my front door. Oh, is that your front door? <coughs> You've yeah. got one of those cameras. I know,
1: and, um, but I'm bored with looking at it now. So... As I said to you earlier, there could be the Boston Strangler at the door and I'm not bothered. <laughs> I never support it. Let me switch it down. Um, but again, I started off looking at it all the time. All the time. In fact, once I saw myself but didn't recognise myself and thought, why is that woman climbing into my car? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. I it was night time. <laughs> What's she doing? Sorry, you're saying something no, very serious. I was there.
0: talking about how when you get into your 50s and 60s, it's hard to get a job when, you're, when you get older. And that, and in a lot of firms, and this is true, a lot of firms, as you get into your mid 50s, and, and if, I mean, you know, God forbid if you can reach your 60s and you've still got your career, but um, suddenly a lot of women um, face the prospect of compulsory redundancy. Um, they may not want to go but they're made go. Yeah, and also,
1: um, you know, as I said earlier, what are they gonna do with us? Because most of those women are going to be career women, unlike our mothers, who mm. retired at 60, whatever. And my mother didn't have a career, I don't
0: know about your mother. My they were, mother not of that, went worked to that to, generation. Well, she worked till she was 70. She was a barmaid. And she was the oldest barmaid in town. But mm. it, it, yeah, she was behind the bar until she was 70. But but there won't. But that generation,
1: um, I mean, my mother, you know, would well, she would have been a hundred this year. Um, in her her generation, there wouldn't have been um, accountants, solicitors, mm. all these people with mm. with careers. Mm. And there are going to be these women mm. now who, at sixty five, I still have got the brain. Mm still
0: got the aptitude, but what are they going to do? You only have to walk into a supermarket and look at who is on the checkout. Yeah. And it's usually yeah. an older woman. Because what's happened in this country is the government has raised the retirement uh, pension to 66. You'll get yours next year, as I say, I, I am looking gold. forward to it. It's all and, I'm waiting for. Um, and yet, they are doing nothing about employers getting rid of older women. And... Uh, I mean there's lots of reasons why that happened we talked about older women having caring responsibilities it may be that you have to take time off work because you've got you know an elderly (coughs) relative to look after or a child Um, and so and you do have that responsibility as you get older and I don't think that employers are, are sympathetic enough towards the pressures that are put on older women but you do find that at a certain age, fifty-five plus, and this is what I found at the BBC until I challenged them and won, that you're you feel very much that the time is ticking on your career.
1: Oh, absolutely! I think from fifty,
0: I know you've heard me
1: say this before, um, but I still, still believe, and I, I think, I always thought this in my entirety of my career, that there is no sisterhood because in my Mm. i don't know what it was like at the bbc but on the whole the women were the worst bosses Mm. the generation before us who'd had to choose you know that because they'd started in probably the 70s and they had to choose between having a family or having a career whereas i think for us we were a decade on and it was a bit easier you know nobody thought it was strange that you had children um, you know, working mother, and, but I found those women quite horrendous. Some of the things that they'd—I mean, I had—I remember being pregnant with my twins, and this particular harridan said—and um, uh, she's been quite serious actually, because we every year we used to take the show on the on the, on the road, and we used to go to um, a big—it was like a big country park festival—and I probably would have been about six months pregnant so starting to show and she actually sat in the meeting and was very perplexed about how we could disguise the bump
0: and rather than accept that here's a pregnant a, and woman and to be fair to the yeah. guys
1: in the, the, the office they all looked at us as if she'd grown another head <laughs> but they were the I think sometimes those women bosses women women, we can be our worst enemies really
0: I found a lot of women um, supported me um uh might claim against the BBC for ageism but from behind the barricade
1: yes or below
0: the parapet yes and I did get a lot of women afterwards when I won unanimously saying I was there behind you and I yeah. looked by my I several times and there was mm. no one there there were there were a couple I have to say there were a couple and I had an incredible legal team, but you know, they were being paid um, but I would get uh, Notes from women saying, you know, you're doing this for all of us and I'm right there with you But I I didn't ever see them right there no. with me I, I went through that experience on my own so I think it's the, ev-
1: I'm talking more about the everyday working working life, oh, yeah. you know, where yeah, you yeah. Get them, yeah. you know, and it's, you know, like I said, this particular person, um, I used to see new people coming in, new young women coming in who are very good, and some of them now are on national television, and and good for them, but... This particular person, and she wasn't alone. Would always say things like, um, "Well, she's very pretty, but she's
0: thick," and mm. it would be based on nothing. And would say this in front of everyone, and not would...
1: based on based on no. just she's pretty. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it, 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 the number of people I think think that are held back because of that. So I'm hoping that's different.
0: It's interesting um, that one of the things I was told after I won my case, which was from. Uh, an executive friend um at the BBC to say that yeah some things will have changed but what will have changed more than anything else is that execs when they're making a decision won't leave a paper trail
1: yes yeah because
0: during my my case when there was full disclosure just two weeks before all the emails came out you know and um One of them called Julia Bradbury, um, No Spring Chicken. And it just showed, it just showed the attitude towards women. Um, it was shocking and he was very serious he yes. said that there's no paper trail so if they're if they're going to have a meeting about something that could be seen as discriminatory they won't have it written down you know no. they'll verbalise well, it well they got bitten other. very badly didn't they they got bitten one, very badly and someone I think, else is about to get bitten very badly over oh, here know, by this so, monstrous fierce, animal she? she's yeah. a
1: beautiful little dog <laughs> really really cute so listen first year never mind broadcasting. let's get back
0: to knit and natter knit-a-natter I can't knit but I'm desperate <laughs> to learn I, how, so how, tell me how's, how have the last 35 years or so been yeah for you. Wow. <laughs> it's been eventful <laughs> It's event, Where do you want me to start? Oh my goodness! I've already
1: talked about the London Marathon, which I think really is the issue of the day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Really, I, think, yeah. I might be going through that the whole thing. <laughs>
0: from <Beginning to> end. <laughs> well, what we've done between us, we've had very similar. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've you've had the experience of uh, terrible grief in your life, and mm. you know, I'm sort of touching wood because I can't imagine what that must have been like for you to go through that?
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that was tough. And, um, yeah, because my husband died when he was 52, and I was right in the middle of, you know, that working on television, so you're on screen, and uh, and I had, yeah, I had a, a, a big family, four children. The, the younger were twins, they were only eight, so, yeah, it was like... I think that 747 block of ice really just landed in my back garden, you know, and, uh, and it was very, very, very tough, very tough. I but can
0: imagine. I, well, yeah. I can't imagine. You know, you, but you, but... Being left with four children and, yeah, and at such a young yeah. age, because you never married again, did you? No, good Lord, no. no
1: one <laughs> out there, isn't <would> he? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. Joking. She looks like Joanna Lumley. Joking. Don't let her fool you. No, honestly, I... Nobody is having my front door key. I love my life. Honestly, it's great. The, the just being able to put your feet up, watch telly, you can do what you. I can do what I like,
0: yeah yeah, fabulous, yeah, don't I do what you. I like, I'm married oh, you've got but my husband you know,
1: well yeah, yeah because what don't forget, you see so that now, now now you now you've got you started um she doesn't
0: agree with you, you by the way, you,
1: you when you get married, you know, and I was what well, I married <laughs> again, and to this lovely man, uh and I was what I was thirty thirty one And you know, attractive and the world was looked fabulous because you you know, you Hmm. everything's going for you. And when he died, you suddenly realise you're coming up to fifty. Yeah. And you're not so glamorous and you're not so lovely. But the worst thing about that is when you do venture out to have a look at the men out there, they're all pretty hideous. (laughs) Because they're not they're not there's no thirty year olds around. (laughs) And I always say that they all they all look a bit like Nigel Farage. Next time you're out and about, and I know it's not a very nice thought, but think of yourself as single, and you take a look, and there's no one. No available talent. Uh, Well, I think that really would be stretching it. And not in that. I mean, I I could put up with someone who looked like a gargoyle, but they're all really strange people. It's like, what? 60-plus men. What happened
0: to them? (laughs) where I live in the village that I live in women are very protective of their husbands and anyone who looks at them sideways is trying to take the husband or oh, did you see the way she was looking at of him course. Or, or she talked to him for two yeah. minutes so yeah. what what is she up to and and seriously it's very and, and those people that are younger may not have heard of Peyton Place but it's very <laughs> very Peyton Place ish here um, and of course you can't say to these women not
1: in a million years would I. There wouldn't be enough alcohol for me to go near your husband because <laughs> sometimes these husbands are quite <laughs> nice. And you, it's a really horrible thing to say. But I, I've been tempted sometimes to say, "Look, not honestly." Look. Have you have you come across? Oh that? my goodness me! Yeah, and and you think, look, he's safe. He really is safe. <laughs> I promise you. I Promise you. He's just revolting. <laughs> But actually obviously being on my own being widowed I'm just gagging
0: for it all the time, all the time you know uh,
1: you know, it's, it, it's just a fact
0: <laughs> well you did tell me a story about a vibrator in a drawer <gasps> don't
1: <laughs> that's not wasn't mine
0: <clears throat> That's what she said. Do you know, after
1: I saw you the other day I have to, now, listen, listen I, I did believe you by the, the way I know someone, <laughs> someone just left it there I run a little Airbnb <laughs> It's very nice for anyone who wants to book it A little Airbnb apartment And um, yeah, there was something in the bedside drawer <laughs> The other day I You know, after I saw you and I told yeah. you about it And yeah. obviously I hadn't been able to I had to go and remove it And I treated it like a well, there's some, there's, where I live, there are still some Second World War bombs on the, on the beach. <laughs> and I, sometimes they come and they blow them up. Huh? That was like this vibrator. <laughs> I had gloves on. I had a big bin. I picked it up with um, some, like, you know, barbecue. Because you could fork. just imagine where it had been. And then I thought, if I put it in the bin, what if the foxes get in? And then people think it's mine. And it was rather big, too. I've
0: just told everyone. I've just told everyone. <laughs>
1: What were they doing? (laughs) It was disgusting! (laughs) And then I, Although had to get, I
0: must admit I have nothing against These sort of um, Not that I've ever used one Instruments of pleasure But I know that A lot of women Do rely on them You well, know not So neither, I don't want to be Snotty about and it And then I had to get
1: Bleached oh, oh, oh no really? Honestly It was horrible And the worst thing was It was one of the guests Told me it was there Because <laughs> it was the one time I hadn't checked One of the bedside drawers And he took it very well He said I'm telling you Because I don't want you To think it's us <laughs> And it was his birthday that day. And I made a joke. He said, well, he said, unless you left it for us. I said, yes, it was a birthday treat. And he looked a bit startled and ran off. So I think I frightened him off. But, oh, no, that was still, oh.
0: I, you know, it, we've got so much to talk about. So uh, much we to have. catch up on. I know. So I much know. to catch up on. Um, and you mentioned your husband dying. I mean, we've had divorce as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's you, been like a country and Western song. Isn't it's like, <laughs> it is. Isn't it?
1: You know, but can I just No, we have. We have had quite a bit. Of, we have. And yeah.
0: one of the things that I immediately loved about you when we met again. I mean, this was something I loved about you when I first met you anyway, apart from the fact that you're always up for a laugh and you're very witty, is that you hadn't, despite everything you've been through, and you have been through one heck of a lot, has been thrown at you and you know, i mean similarly everyone goes through a lot don't they but coming through in one piece is really quite important without losing something of yourself oh yeah if you can come through that type of experience and still be the person that you want to be or that you feel that you are yeah um i think is is really something and you haven't lost your sense of humour. You well, can still you, laugh. you
1: see. I think that's you why You still we laugh just... at
0: yourself. Look, I have noticed you're laughing at me a lot recently. My Le Creuset collection yeah, gives you a um, lot of she money.
1: She's turned into a Stepford wife. It's really... <laughs> Earlier on, you came... Why did... I was trying to have a serious conversation with your husband. And you came out with... Two avocados in your hand, and started gibbering on about.
0: <laughs> they were perfect avocados. They were perfect what avocados. What wrong? Well, I open an avocado, and I, I, honestly, nine times out of ten, they're black inside. It's the first time in maybe two years I've opened an avocado, and it's perfect. So I thought you'd like to see it. Well, uh, no, I.
1: Well, yes, that's that. I think now what we need to do is. Book into that knit and natter because you could start <laughs> off when the conversation's flagging. You could come out <laughs> with
0: that. There you go. I like what well, and you <laughs> listen. You know, you come here. I'm nice to you. I feed you, <laughs> and you make, <laughs> you make fun of my avocado. You make fun of my avocado. Then you came back with some salad cream and said something. No, no, it's Japanese mayonnaise. Oh, is it? oh right. Called Cupy, oh, and right. yeah, I love it. And I thought you might like to see it, oh, um, but she didn't like to see it. In fact, she just completely ignored me.
1: This, this is <laughs> a woman who used to do Woman's Hour,
0: and. I know, I, mean, I know. Where did it go I've, wrong, Miriam? I've got my priorities right. <laughs> Can we just say that? I now have my priorities right. And there's going to be lots more of the same. Yeah. So, listen, Luella and I really hope that you'll you'll tune in. We're going to do a podcast every week. And even if no one listens, we're still going to do it. And we also will
1: tell you where the bodies are buried. We'll tell
0: you where the bodies
1: Exactly. As we'll give we you say
0: broadcasting, we know... We know a lot. We know a lot. And you've put crosses on that map, haven't you? <laughs> but yeah, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to continue because we're having great fun. And this is a chat and a catch up with old friends. And um, it's lovely. Yeah. Join us next time. It's, it's lovely. That's it from us. That's it from us.